0: Good morning, people. Oh, I don't need. Oh, well, I got one of those somewhere. <laughs> I don't need that. Good morning. I just want to say I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I always get nervous doing these things, and I do. I guess it's if. I always get nervous doing these things. But uh, I always want to start off with prayer because I want to be a vessel. I don't want to talk from Jennifer's perspective, I want to talk from God's perspective. Right. So, Brother Jackson, my husband, raise your hand, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you pray for me, please? Pray for all of us.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let us pray. All wise and mighty, heavenly come before your throne of grace and mercy at this time we pray God that you would uh, bless Jennifer as she uh, does her lesson to us this morning and bring back to her memory those things which she has studied and we are so blessed dear God as, as children of yours to be here and to be in your presence we know God that you have, have ordained us to do this kind of work And we pray, God, that we would be zealous about the work of the Lord, that we might show others how important it is to turn their lives over to the care of our God in heaven. Father God, we just thank you for all that you've done for us, and we ask you to forgive us of any sin, (sighs) shortcoming that we may have, and let us do the best that we can to glorify our mighty God in heaven. We ask for your prayer, and we ask for your grace to be with us in Jesus' name
0: man thank you who said that where'd that come from
1: the last
2: session oh 11.
1: keep going
0: (laughs) okay so we're going to talk about cognitive behavioral programming for female offenders And this is my spin on this, as God has revealed it to me. I had two presentations. The first one, I let my husband read both of them. He liked the second one, and I liked the second one as well. So there is another version of this. But uh, this is what I believe I'm supposed to give you all today. Okay? Why do we participate in jail ministry? And I think every now and then it's important for us to go back and reflect upon why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Just like every now and then, it's important for us to go back and reflect upon why we became members of the Lord's Church. Because we don't wanna get caught up in ritualism, we wanna always understand what is driving us. Okay, I think somebody talked, I think uh, Sister Rose was talking about philosophy yesterday. Each one of us should have a philosophy as a regard, with regard to the church. Each one should have a philosophy with regard to the programs we participate in. Okay. So why do we participate in jail ministry? And my sessions are interactive, so we talk. I don't preach to you, we talk. To see lives change. To see lives change. What else? To give, to give back. Give back what? From where you came from. From where we came where do we come from? You came from that life that some
1: of them are living. So now I'm giving back.
0: Hmm. So some of us came from the life a life now similar we to those who we were in jail? Oh, we weren't always dressed up and cleaned up like we are on Sunday? Okay. And even those of us who, and I wasn't raised in the church, but even those who were raised in the church, have they messed up? Yes. 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 We all have messed up. Why else do we do jail ministry? So we want to give back. We want to change lives. Why else? It was a commandment. It was a commandment. What's the commandment? Go
1: visit those in prison.
0: Go visit those in prison. And what's the great commission? What's the great, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Okay. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20. So the reality is, as Christians, we are commanded. It's a command. I'm going to ask this question. What do we think about God's commands? Amen. obedience is better than sacrifice so answer me a question why are our jail teams and the, the people who are doing all the jail work so small if it's a command and God said go do it then why do we have so few doing it Not everybody and Romans 3 23
2: says
0: Romans 3 23 says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Which means, now, so we're not, we're not talking in a bad way about those who don't participate, but the reality is we all fall short somewhere. God said it, but just because God said it doesn't mean we always obey it. But it does not nullify the fact that God made a command, and we must be obedient to the command. So as we start thinking about why we work with people, behind bars and why we work with ex-offenders it is because it is a command of God that's first and foremost first and foremost yeah I want to give back yeah I want to take a see last change but my God also required it okay what negative thoughts do we have about jail ministries and inmates now we, we everybody locked up as good now I'm talking about us we who do jail ministry We who do jail ministry, what are the negative thoughts that we have about people in jail and ministry? That everybody in there is guilty.
2: Jail salvation, is just going to be saved as long as they're behind
0: the bars. Jail salvation, and once they get out, they go back to being who they were. Okay. Other thoughts? Me personally,
2: I never, one thing I never do is ask them what they're in there for. I never even allow them to tell me. Okay. Everybody is the same way. Okay. Because as humans,
0: we're human. Okay. And when you
2: know what people have done and you thinking, Oh my God, how can you have done that? As Long as you don't know, she's still my sister. Okay. see what I'm saying? But once I know that can change. So even if they start to tell me, baby, I don't wanna know. Now I can look at them on the internet anytime. Okay. I just don't wanna know.
0: Okay. Because yes. that
2: way I can stay n- neutral.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
2: I'm in one program where we do know uh, and offenders offering alternatives because mm-hmm. they get their testimonials. So okay. You know, on certain cases where maybe it's a sin I haven't committed, I know one gentleman is my left son, and he was two, and it was very, very uh, difficult, and, and yet I realize that my job is still to go and show the love. No, and sure.
0: Okay. And so you know, I'm not the judge. And okay. I still need okay i saw another hand somewhere else who else had the hand up yes sir
2: uh one of the things that i do is because i interact Mm one-on-one and group wise Mm -hmm. weekly and daily Mm -hmm. with these men inside and Mm -hmm. out one of the things i do on the inside when they come to talk to me i ask them what are you here for Mm -hmm. because if i know what you're here for i can know what kind of mindset you Mm -hmm. probably had or was dealing with. Now we gotta always remember, as Christians, forgiveness has been there before I ever met you. Mm-hmm. You've already been forgiven, or whatever you here for, you know. So what? One of the things that help us to know is that where I can meet you, right mm-hmm. where you are, mm-hmm. and be able to share. Cause everybody, the same encouragement may not apply to everybody.
0: Okay. Across the board. So then we have different ways of dealing with inmates with regard to whether we. And I don't ask now I, I don't ask because i just don't ask the way I, I figure i'm sitting here and providing the service and i really don't really worry about what it is you've done because you're behind bars now okay if they want to self-disclose they can self-disclose mm-hmm. but the reality is i don't really get into it one way or the other right. that way now let's say this the way you're doing it protects you with regard to your tolerance okay and i'm not knocking that one way or the other because we all are at different places in our christianity That's right. <laughs> Amen. We're all in different places with regard to our Christianity. And God's grace, praise God for grace. God's grace allows us to grow and mature where things that we may have thought we could not tolerate at one time, we're now able to take and tolerate it. So his grace is abundant and uh, it is sufficient. So then we have negative thoughts oftentimes about jail ministry yeah, right. and about the people that we serve. What's the problem with that? I mean, remember I said it. There are a few people who are going to do the work, and the people who are going to do the work think that everybody's in there is guilty. I'm not, I'm not saying any of you all feel that way. I'm saying some people, the other people, think that way. Mm-hmm. What's the problem with that? Yeah.
1: Well, I think part of the problem is uh, the devil plants that seed in the us thinking that because we're Christian and God-fearing people that we're better than the people that we're serving, And it it allows that to be a barrier between uh, how we approach the gospel with a person or individual.
0: Okay. Someone else. Yes. I was just going to add another negative thought that I know crosses my mind from time to time. Mm -hmm. And and I had to look around the room before I said it. But (laughs) there are people that do jail ministry that are doing it to check a box. Okay. Meaning, okay, yeah. some some leader told me I have to go and do a ministry, so I'm going <coughs> to pick this one. Okay. And so when they're ministering to our children, and I said that we were on a camp, and the whole time I was there I was processing how we need to change mm-hmm. the camp mm-hmm. because the counselors need to be more involved
2: and engaged mm-hmm. than detached from the kids. If you're there Hi, just I'm to sorry. hold
0: and hug, that's Mm -hmm. not enough. This Mm child may need that, yes, Mm -hmm. but what are we doing to help build the families? What are we doing to help build the kids? So some people may be participating, but their heart is not in it. They were assigned to do it. That's right. Okay. So then, let's see. Question? What's the question?
3: No, I didn't have a question. I had some comments. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I personally believe that negative thoughts come from the uh, the dark side, mm-hmm. and I think what we do is we look at it in the natural realm, instead of the realm that's unseen to us, which is the spiritual realm that's like inside the the mm-hmm. Amen. And what we're supposed to do is go in there and bring insight to those people so they can see that, that just like Paul said, the things I do I don't want to do, and the things I don't want to do I do, but it's mm-hmm. a simple nature, looking inside me, living inside me, and if we could look at if we could look at the source of power being the dark side instead of the individual, the individual is used as an instrument for the dark side. Mm. And what we're supposed to do is be the salt and the light of the world. We bring salt. Salt makes people thirsty. So we're supposed to be the light of the world so we can bring light to the dark world that's living inside (laughs) the individuals so that we can now (laughs) make the power of darkness by being used as an instrument for christ and let him demonstrate through us what he could do with his power, and his wait, power wait wait
0: and his wait i'm wait, gonna see your name john when we get to a certain section i'm gonna ask you to go back to what you said yes ma'am because what he just said was meat it was not it was not carnal that was spiritually that was spiritual we're wrestling against darkness the power of darkness And we who are children of the light have negative ideas about the people that we serve. And we are being oftentimes wooed by spiritual wickedness in high places and the powers of darkness, even though we are children of the light. That's right. So hold on to that. I can remember your name. I'm gonna come back to you. Light versus darkness. Sometimes we forget it. We're like little lambs ran, running around with wolves. I tell my husband that all the time, we forget we're like little lambs playing with wolves in the midst of wolves, yes, Lord. who are ready to take and devour us. And we forget that we're little lambs and we have a shepherd that's protecting us. And sometimes the wolves have to nip at us before we realize, doggone it, that we're we're lambs and we better keep our eyes open because the devil has been transformed to a what, an angel, angel lies, of that's right. okay. He looks like us. He's among us. Wrong way. Okay. Okay. So, they aren't any good, some of our negative thoughts. They aren't any good. They won't ever amount to anything. After we do everything we do with them, they're never going to be any better than what they are. So I'm just going to go on down here and take and do this worship service. And I'm going to go on down here and do this with them. But you know the reality? I have met God's requirement for me you don't have to confess it right. openly you take care of it with god because remember i said we go back to why are we doing this okay our work is a waste of time i'm scared that's legitimate but what, what did god tell the israelites about being afraid, not afraid. perfect love cast out fear for where there's fear there is what torment, torment right And we told the Israelites to go in and take the land. He said, do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. Okay. And then we had so many other comments that you all gave earlier. So then, guess what? We who are children of light, who are children of the king, we experience negative thoughts. All the time. We're going back to talking about cognitive behavioral programming. We experience negative thoughts about what we do for the master on a regular basis we may have negative thoughts about the past that we come from the things that we used to do we may have guilt associated with it, shame associated with it. we suffer with negative thoughts all the time ourselves yet we're required to be what workers in the vineyard Amen. do we feel adequately prepared for the work that's a close in the question yes or no Let your yay be yay and your nay nay. (laughs) (laughs) Do we feel adequately prepared for the work? Everybody who says yes, raise your hand. Everybody who says no, raise your hand. And everybody else in between who won't commit. (laughs) The majority of you. Okay. Okay. Comment. 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 Yes.
1: Workshops like this help us get prepared. Yes. And that's why we come every year is to learn. Not
0: to always present, but to learn. Learn. Okay. Should we have a plan for ministry behind bars and post-release? Should we have an actual legitimate plan?
3: Yes.
0: How many people say yes, raise your hand? How many people say no? How many of you all have a definitive plan that your leadership has approved that you all are working with on a regular basis? Raise your hand. Okay, how many do not have a definitive plan? okay that's something we need to take and think about Mm -hmm. when we say something's important we do what we plan our budgets for the household we plan our vacations we plan for our retirement we do estate planning for when we die we should have a plan for how we're going to take and actually work within the prisons okay cognitive behavioral practices okay let's do an individual story Let's say her name is Anne. Anne was born into poverty. She was sexually abused before age 10. One or both of her parents were drug users. One or both of her parents were incarcerated. She was pregnant at age 14. By the time she was age 20, she had three children. She had experienced domestic violence inside the family structure and with regard to her relationships with males. Uh, She lost her children due to drug use. She wouldn't go into treatment because she was afraid she would lose her children. And since she didn't go into treatment, the reality was they took her children. Okay? Consequently, she's homeless because she does not qualify for ADC or any other federal program because she doesn't have children. Those programs are for children. So she's on the street. Since she's on the street and she's taking drugs, she participates in prostitution. Consequently, she gets busted. She goes to jail you meet her, okay? This is the typical background of a female inmate. They may not have all of those qualifiers, but they have the majority of them. Those are the people who we're assisting. That's what they come from. That's what they come from. And it's important for us to understand the backgrounds that they come from. If somebody always told you, you're never gonna matter, and if it happened to you, don't raise your hand. You're never gonna amount to anything. Your daddy wasn't no good. Your mama was trifling too. Every time you go to do something, it don't turn out right. You're never gonna amount to anything, ever. I don't care nothing about you. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're nothing. What kind of self-image would you have? That's what's wrong for a lot of our kids in school. Okay, so when we start looking at the prison population, we need to understand what they evolved from. Mm -hmm. Now, this is my question. We said earlier they aren't any good. They won't ever amount to anything. Our work is a waste of time and I'm scared. Yet, this is their background. Uh,
2: Just tell them exactly what their parents said.
0: Okay, or we just, we won't say it, we'll smile. We have contrived empathy, that's what I call it. We say, hmm. Uh No, I'm serious. When I was in grad school, I got so upset with and I'm serious about this because when I was in grad school, they taught us how to have active listening and how to lean forward and how to give the appearance that you're genuinely interested in what a person is saying. The problem with that is people who grow up like that, they're very resilient. If they don't end up dead, they're resilient. In other words, I know how to survive. I'm still alive, I'm still kicking, I may have a horrible background, but I'm still alive. So when I meet you, I'm literally doing this: I am surveying yes. your body language, and I'm yes. paying attention to your eye contact, and I read you because my survival depends upon it. Wow. And I need to know if you're friend or foe, if you're going to be able to help me, yes. can I manipulate you, maybe? <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, but I don't want to just leave there. Or you, are you going to hurt me? Or do you yes. genuinely care anything about me? Yes. They read us. We cannot assume, because they don't have the credentials, we cannot assume that because they came from backgrounds that may be different than ours, we cannot assume because they've been involved in drugs and alcohol and prostitution that they don't, can't read people, that they don't have a spirit in them as well. Oh, yeah. oh,
2: yeah.
0: oh yeah. Somebody hit a Yes, sir.
2: One of the things I would think for this year, Jennifer, is people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care.
0: How about that? And we say that, and we want to do well, but oftentimes we go back to who we were. Yeah. You have to work on that. Yeah. You, I mean, uh, empathy comes from an authentic heart. Yeah. Now, I go back to why we said we're doing this. That's right. It was a command, and we say that we love Jesus. Then he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if I love Jesus, I'm going to fight with the issues that I have within myself to get this right. Okay? It's not a perfect science, people. Amen. It's not a perfect science. We're, I mean, Christianity, praise God, he gave us some of his longevity. I complain about being 60, but I'm not complaining anymore. Why? Because I'm still here, able to take and try to work out my soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? I am not the woman I was at 35. Praise God. I am not the woman I was at 45. Praise God. Things I used to think that were a priority are not a priority in Christ anymore. Other things have become a priority. But I'm going to give you all this one thing to think about. And this was not, was not part of the presentation. Think about the legacy you're going to leave on the face of the earth when you leave here. Because death comes to all of us unless Jesus comes back. All right. What is your legacy for the work of the church? And you need to think about that. What is going to be your legacy? How will you be remembered? What works will follow you into the eternity? You need to. Each one of us have to have have to really think about what's my legacy on the face of this earth because when we know what Paul's was we know what Peter's was yeah. when we go read the scriptures we know what their legacy was. Gideon we know what all their legacies were mm-hmm. what's ours because there's a book in heaven <laughs> Jennifer Jackson written on. Mm. and there are pages written about me mm. okay and what I have and have not done there's a page there's a book for each one of you all That's right. Amen. okay think about your legacy <laughs> okay so then this is the background of a typical uh, woman in jail, and, am I going the right way? And this, these were our negative thoughts about these people. My question now, how did your thinking change? After you saw the background, you had the original viewpoint, how did your thinking change? This is what you originally thought. Then when you saw that background and you understood where they came from, how did your thinking change? Sympathy. Please? You have sympathy You have sympathy for them. What else? Empathy for them, Been there, okay. Been there, done that, okay. Somebody else, compassion. compassion, okay. What a, but for the grace of God, go out, okay. We gotta have love. We gotta have love, okay. Okay. So, I'm going the wrong way. so identify words to speak to how we must see the population for work, and you all said compassion. Empathy, love. I see it resilient, OK? We need to take and start thinking positively about the folks that were, yes, I'm getting going to go into the jail, I hear the bars closing behind me. Yes, they committed some type of crime. The reality is some of these people are Some people are not going to ever get out of jail. How do you minister to somebody who they were guilty and they're not going to ever get out of jail and they're looking at you? They're looking toward you to get some type of hope. To be able to continue to cope, knowing that they're going to die in that place. You
2: know, he's got to find, or she has got to find a You can't get from behind those bars, mm-hmm. but
3: you can be free.
0: Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree with what you said. The reality is, and I know I just told somebody that recently. The reality is, is that uh, free, yes, you're behind bars, but your mind can be free even though you're behind bars. You and try, be yeah, and that you, that's right. <coughs> Very good. So cognitive behavioral practices then is one type of alternative that we can use actually incorporate into the things that we're currently doing. It is not a catch-all, okay, it's not a catch-all. It's been around since 1969, Aaron Beck was a psychiatrist and he actually uh, had everything to do with, he he was actually a uh, psychiatrist and he had everything to do with actually coming up with this particular model. Uh, there's a Beck Institute and I'll give you more information on that later if you're interested in this. So there is a theoretical basis for it. When I say theoretical that means that there's been research conducted and theories were tested to take and see whether or not this particular procedure actually works. And we're not going to look at all of it meaning this. Oftentimes you will have licensed therapists use this particular technique cognitive behavioral therapy. You will have licensed professionals use it but what we're going to do for the Pur- purposes of this presentation is to take an excerpt those things that might work well for us as we work within the jails. Okay. If you have a terminal degree, meaning the MSW LISW, if you are a PhD licensed psychiatrist or a psychologist, then the reality is, or if you have a terminal degree in another field, you can contact two of the institutes that I will tell you about at the end to actually take and become certified in CBT. Okay, But it's good to know that we have a lot of folks who are using CBT and they don't necessarily have a certification, but they're using the principles and practices of it. Okay. So when we start talking about cognition or cognitive, we're talking about how we think. And we did the exercise earlier about what we think about people in jail. We have those conclusions. Our conclusions, guess what, came from somewhere. There was something that caused us to believe that about the people that we work with. So it's how we think, how we process information. The information, we may perceive things to be real. My husband and I, we've been married, what, 39 years. The reality is we just started, we played cards, an open hand, a bit with night? No, no, not last night. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe tonight, maybe tonight. Okay. We played an open hand, a bit with and we've been playing together for 39 years. And when we played this open hand, he looked and he said, why are you doing that? The reality is, I said, this is what I always do. He said, well, that's why we're losing. And I said, well, no, that's wrong right there. The point is, we both thought we understood the rules of Bitwis. But guess what? Based upon our own individual way of processing information, we were playing entirely different, the same car game. So the reality is, you can have two people see the same car accident. Processing entirely different. I came out of that household with six kids. All six of us have unique personalities and we all have different, we have the same parents, same core values, but the reality is, guess what? There's a lot of things about us that are vastly different, okay? So that when we start looking at cognition, how we process information, how we do meaning making, okay? Behavior, it's an action or activity or process which can be observed and measured. And this is core for when you start looking at cognitive behavioral programming that we want to be able to count. That's what this means when we say empiricism. So I can observe it, I can touch it, I can taste it, I can smell it, but I can count it. So how many times, how many times in the seven, last seven days did you oversleep? How many times in the last seven days were you late for work? How many calories did you overeat today? Well, you can count it. I mean, how many steps did you take today? A lot of you all are carrying the little odometers or whatever that you count the steps you actually, that's what we call, you're actually measuring your behaviors, okay? And then ther- ther- therapy, therapy refers to how do we relieve or heal an illness or injury? Now let me ask the question, negative thoughts, All right, could that be an illness?
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: Could it be an injury? Yeah. Okay. Benefits of CB programming. It allows us to actually look at the individual's thoughts and feelings. Kind of figure out, so what is going on? You're sleeping a lot. You're not eating or you're overeating. Uh, You don't want to be around people. Maybe you have what? Depression. Okay. Okay. It determines how the thoughts and feelings impact our behavior. So because I am depressed, I do not go anywhere. I am in jeopardy of losing my job. We do it all the time with addicts. We do an inventory on addicts and we look at them and we say, okay, are you having problems with your families? Are you having problems with your job? Well, I don't have a problem, but you're having problems with your family. You're having problems with your job. You're having problems with your coworkers. You don't have any money. You've cleared out your checking account. You cleared clear out your savings account. Your liver is fatty. So we can literally measure all those different behaviors and actually come up and say, wow, that your thought patterns are impacting your behaviors. Okay. It provides opportunities to redefine, replace negative thoughts. Do we want to replace our negative thoughts? Yes. Yes. Why? Yes. So as a man thinketh, so is he? Yes. So if you think negative, you do what? Yes. You act out of that negative behavior. Okay. It encourages the implementation of goals for development of new behaviors, mm-hmm. and decreases negative behaviors as a consequence. And an assist in the development of positive behaviors. Okay. CB programming can be used with pharmacological drugs. Oftentimes, you will see that people are taking various types of medication for depression, anxiety, and bipolar, or whatever schizophrenia, and they will also use CB programming coupled with that. Okay. So it's effective. It's effectively used with medication. It can be used along with uh, getting you off of prescribed drugs uh, we know that oftentimes it's been shown now that Xanax has everything to do with contributing to Alzheimer's so there a lot of folks they've been actually using a lot of therapists have been using Xanax and now they're saying no Xanax is not something that should be used because of his negative problems down the road so you have to take them back a person off of Xanax you just can't take them off okay if a person's coming off of alcohol You may, alcohol and other drugs, you may want to use some CB programming to help them to take and learn how to take and change that behavior, okay, and to come off the drug. It also can be used alone. And oftentimes, many of us are actually using CB programming and not even realizing we're doing it. Okay. And since the individual become their own therapist, is that a good thing? No. Who said no? No, why not? Okay.
2: You know, I'll think one thing, and I can talk myself out of stuff, but if I talk myself out of stuff, I can also talk myself into stuff. Okay. So, I, I don't know, I don't think way you way yeah. That's why you need to go to somebody that
0: can tell you. But before we said therapy was, wait a go back. <laughs> we said therapy was, I'm going the wrong way.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: therapy to relieve or heal an illness or injury okay when you take your aspirin every night before you go to bed for your arthritis are you doing a therapy yes. Yes. Everybody, if you exercise every morning when you get up because you want to keep your blood pressure down and don't have to get diabetes are you doing therapy yes. Yes. so the reality is, is that we have to take a look at therapy as being much more than just working with somebody who's licensed Okay, we all do various types of therapy. therapy. Christianity, is it a therapy? Yes, yes it, it is. is. What's it a the therapy for?
2: Spiritual.
0: <laughs> it's for life. <laughs> it's for life. <laughs> and does wait, Does it relieve or heal an illness? Yes. Sin. Yes. Sin yes. and yes. unforgiveness, right? Yes. Okay, did we have injured souls? Yes. Yes, okay. And does it bring about social adjustment? Oh, yes. Acceptance oh, by God. Yeah. Okay, so when we start looking at therapy, it's not just by people who are medical professionals or who are licensed everybody with me okay okay Okay. Okay. one of the things I like about CB programming is this and particularly if you're going to a licensed therapist eight to twelve sessions eight to twelve sessions and they teach the individual who's actually participating in it how to take and work with it themselves so they don't have to come back I went to a workshop earlier this year and one of the psychiatrists, he was saying he was really upset because he said a lot of folks literally do not do the documentation required to prove that what they're actually implementing with clients is actually being effective. So that we have clients who go going to therapy 10 years, right? Taking medications as well. and At the end of 10 years, they still commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I, I, my point is, <laughs> is that we want to use... Evidence-based practice. Evidence-based practice means that we want to take a test through research whether or not the practices that we're using are effective or not, okay? So then, we found that through evidence-based practice, the CB actually alters brain activity. It only requires eight to 12 sessions for it to be effective oftentimes. And that laymen, people like us, can actually use it effectively, okay? Let's look at this video. Now how do I do that, baby? I don't... Oh, there it is. <sighs> Can I lo- locate the link? Okay, we're going to go on and then we'll figure out how to come back. I had a clip to show you all on that. Okay, we found through research that uh, CB is effective for the use of depression. In fact, it's uh, the number one treatment used for depression, oftentimes with medication. It's also used for post-traumatic stress disorder. And those women who, the scenario I had earlier, oftentimes those women who we're working with in jail, they actually have post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay? Anxiety, addiction treatment, bipolar, insomnia. And in fact, it's also one of the first treatments used for insomnia schizophrenia and other ailments. it's used effectively for okay so there's CB practice components in jail post-release in jail and post-release what do we want to do And this is what you want to think about what you're currently doing as opposed to what you might want to start doing <coughs> Okay. you want to look at client identification of negative feelings and beliefs you want to document that and oftentimes I'm sitting in front of a client and the client will say I'm just sleeping all the time and I'm not hungry and I'm not fitting in with anybody. Anybody ever heard that before? I'm not fitting in with anybody and I just don't want to be bothered. So I asked the question, so while you're sleeping all the time, have you thought about hurting yourself? Why do I ask that? Please? I wanna see how severe the depression is, okay? Uh, and so the reality is, and if they're depressed, what do, and if they say I'm thinking about hurting myself and they have a plan, what do I do? Jail workers, what do I do? Report it, report it to whom? A... I report it to somebody, you all follow me. You're duty bound, particularly those of us who are licensed, we're duty bound to report. Okay. I was talking to one person, she said, well I don't want to hurt myself because they're going to put me in that chair over there. And they're going to they're gonna put me in this chair that they use to tie them down, and they medicate them, and they stay in that chair today, they can calm down. So the reaction, says, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt myself or anything like that, but I just don't want to uh, be, uh, everybody's kind of shunning me and so forth and so on. So they may very well, I define what was going on with her. So as we're talking to people, oftentimes they're telling us through the language that they use how they feel. But what do we do with that information when they tell us? Do we just say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then we finish our, and we go on? I'm saying, sometimes we might wanna take and think about, I keep a little uh, 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 booklet, and I actually put the person's name in, and I put down what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I actually make t- put down in there what it is they told me about how they're feeling. Why? Why? You better be following up on them. I know to go back and follow up on them, right? Uh, I also know what they told me the last time, because if you're actively involved and you're seeing a lot of people, you may get them mixed up. Okay? And I don't want to trust my brain to remember. So sometimes we may need to informally be paying attention and kind of documenting what somebody's actually saying to us. It doesn't have to be a long page. Just document briefly. Okay? So that I'm actually looking at their negative feelings and beliefs. Client identification of problematic behavior. uh, Development of client-driven goals for new behaviors. So the one lady in particular, I said, so what kind of routine do you have? Because she said she wasn't sleeping as well. She had insomnia. So what kind of routine do you have? Now, that sounds like a crazy question if you're in jail. What kind of routine do you have? (laughs) Okay? But guess what? Within the routine, you can develop a routine. Is everybody following me? Just because they're incarcerated does not mean that they cannot come up with a routine. So I said, so what do you do prior to you going to bed? What time do you all go to bed? What do you do prior to going to bed? So do you read scripture? No, I don't have a Bible. That's an opportunity for what? In fact, I used to realize that when I used to go, when I was out and I was going to church, church made me feel better. We have Sunday worship service in here. Do you Participate. No, you all follow me, so that I'm actually finding things that can actually help her to take and feel better. So I'm identifying goals for her. Maybe you would like to take and go to a worship service on Sunday. Maybe before you go to bed, you'd like to start reading scripture. Do you pray? Maybe you'd like to start. And she and, and, and sometimes it gets so we take so much for granted with regard to our knowledge of the Bible. What should I read in the Bible? What books should I read in the Bible? I don't know anything about. The Bible. How I many of you all have encountered that? Individuals who know nothing about the Word of God. Okay. The reality is then, where should they start if they're feeling depressed? What books? What books would you recommend? Psalms, Psalms Proverbs. 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 You all fun? so. Guess what I said? You might want to read Psalms. You might want to read Proverbs. And then guess what we do the next time I see her? And I said, if you have any questions about what you read, let me know and we'll talk about it the next time I see you. So that I've identified her negative feelings, I've looked at her problematic behaviors, I'm looking at her and trying to help her to establish goals, and then she's gonna implement those goals while I'm not there. Okay, and then we're gonna monitor her goals. And she has homework, the reality is she should be, she might keep a journal, she may do some other type of activities. But the point is you're monitoring as you're going going along. Ongoing documentation is for you. To be able to effectively assist the people that you're working with, and these are core components of CB practice. Okay, volunteer requirements. And I like actually like this. When I actually went into the Beck Institute, and when I actually looked at the uh, the um, organization that provide certification, they were very clear that it was not all about the client and what we're going to do to them. So much of professional practice is about professionals going in and telling people who are at risk and people who have experienced all kind of problems. We go in and we're going to be, I am the authority and I'm going to come in and tell you what it is you need to do. I'm going to fix you and if you just do what I tell you to do, you will be fixed at the end of this. Well, the reality is, guess what? When you look at CB programming, it requires inclusive client participation. The client gets to talk back to you. Mm -hmm. They get to tell you what's going on. I'm actually asking you to be the expert about what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not the expert about what's going on with you. You can't tell me how it feels to be a six foot four woman.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Wait here, one minute. You can't tell me how to be, how can you tell me how to be a six foot four woman?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I lived it, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you gonna come in and tell me how to be something that you've never been? So the reality is, we allow the client then to participate Mm -hmm. and talk about their experience. And guess what we do? We do active listening. Mm -hmm. What's active listening? Okay. So wait. While I'm talking to you, I want you to turn your head. So, Sister Baggett, uh, please. Eye contact. Wait. Sister Baggett, how are you today? Keep, keep looking away, and you shake your head. And how you been? Mm-hmm. And you all following me? Yes. The reality is, is that oftentimes we fail to give the eye contact. How many of y'all want to talk to somebody? Your my husband. I need eye contact. Wait, when you're talking to your significant, wait, are you looking, honey? Wait. The reality is, is that when you're talking to your children or a significant other, what do you want them to do? Okay, eye contact. eye contact. When a person does not give you eye contact and they do, wait, and they do this, are they listening? No. And they're looking away, or they're doing this, they're busy writing while you're talking, and they say, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. What does that do for you? Yes, sir. And I'm going to come to you in a minute. Yes, sir.
2: The
0: hand, what about the handshake? Well, if I shake your
2: hand, you shake my hand like a dish Okay. And you don't mean it, or if you shake hand, you push me with the same button.
0: But why would handshakes be a big deal behind bars? And it is. it is. Why would it be a big deal? I'm glad you brought that up. Physical content. We can't hug them. Shake their hand. And the reality is, guess what? Oftentimes, they'll have the firm handshake, and they're looking and waiting to see how you're going to receive them. And many of us don't want to touch them. Yeah. No, wait, let's go
2: there.
0: No, wait, let's go back. Many of us, I want to visit you. I want to do the Lord's will, but I don't want you touching me. Okay? I'm coming to you in a minute, Brother Bryant. Yes, sir. I shake your hand and you don't look at
1: me, you Okay.
0: And how do people respond to that? Anybody ever tried to pull their hand back? They
3: tried. Okay,
0: okay, okay, wait one minute. Okay, okay, Brother Bryant? I have learned to
1: establish rapport Okay. With inmates without touch.
0: Okay, and how do you do that? Okay. Sanitary okay. Sanitary purposes. Go ahead. When we pray, You touch it, Okay. We fist. Okay. Fist. I right Okay. You got to walk around with your hand in your pants. I don't want to touch your hand. That's right, brother. Yeah. I'm not touching that one okay oh, wait wait I hear you I hear you but the reality I'm not going to touch that but all I'm going to say is the reality is many of us shake hands and I know they're in a correction facility and I and I know they may I got the, I got all that I got you okay however some of us still shake hands and I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong I'm just saying various practices but the thing is the person is still sensing trying to see where we are yes
2: i just gonna go do ministry. I believe that you covered under the blood. So I don't have to worry about the germs in the facility, whether I'm in Africa or whether I'm there. When I go, I'm gonna touch, I'm gonna hook. I work with the women there. And so the ones who have been repeatedly coming to my place, they okay. can come up and hug me. We talk about hygiene, and I know they don't wash their hands all the time. Okay. They don't always have soap to wash okay.
0: their
2: hands. Mm-hmm. And so I know that when I'm feeding people on the street, the homeless, okay. they haven't washed. I'm going to still, after I pray for the man, I'm going to hug him because okay. I want him to know that the love of God is compelling me to touch him okay. so he can feel God's love.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Let's not get out of order.
2: Amen. Amen. Wait, wait. Amen. Amen.
0: Okay. But let me say this. I'm going to take one more, two more comments, and I'm going to stop. But let me say this. The Bible also teaches us to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Okay? i let that lay that out there for you. Yes, ma'am. I have, just, I have two on both uh, those. One, when I said uh, about being uh, a
2: listener <laughs> and being quiet, sometimes they, that's all a person wants for you to hear them. But when we start injecting... Uh, advice okay. giving solutions that's why I say sometimes a good well, a good listener is one who's quiet. Okay, secondly, about the touch. Uh, I've worked in many agencies where women who uh, who have been sexually molested, okay, they do not want the touch. Yes, so even the handshake, okay, so we, you know, uh, even in the, the jails, we're not too touch, mm-hmm. but if you're in an agency, uh, right, if, if they pull back, it could be possibly because of. Sexual molestation Okay trust issues.
0: Okay. okay, I'm gonna have to move on because for time's sake okay So we want to have inclusive client participation, active listening. Uh, we're going to do a solicitation of client experiences as part of the engagement process. We're going to have authentic 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 acceptance and client feedback. meaning. So what else can I do for you? Uh, the way we're relating, is this working for you? And that may not be how you put it, but you want to get feedback with regard from them about are you meeting their particular needs? Yeah. Not uh, make the assumption that I'm meeting your needs, okay? And that was a requirement for you to become a, a certified CBDT therapist. These are things that you have to do, and they actually videotape your actual sessions and assess it for these things. Okay, empathy and the love for the neighbor. This is my key point here. Biblical standards cannot be left out of CB practices. Because I'm going back to my brother back here who talked about light and darkness. We do this because we were commanded to do it. A change in behavior without salvation still results in eternal damnation. Come on. And there's no point in me doing all this and I'm not interested in trying to evangelize your soul. Okay? So that when we say CBT practices, that's great. But if I don't add God's word to it in evangelism, then I'm just spinning their wheels. I'm spending their wheels and wasting their time right. because their souls are still in jeopardy. So you don't drink, you don't drug, and you're behind bars and you're a model citizen, but you're still going to die and go to hell. That's not okay. So, female inmate problems. They have shame, PTSD, guilt, insomnia. They oftentimes cut themselves. They have suicide ideation. They have low self-esteem. They've lost their children. They have backgrounds of... Poor uh, abuse and poor education. They oftentimes have physical health problems, and they're, sometimes they're pregnant behind bars and they lose their children while they're there. Okay? Release defenders, they have the same problems, but they also have loss of children while incarcerated. So when they come out, they don't have their children. They have criminal records now, and many of them end up on my college institution. They don't qualify for any federal programs, so until they come to the junior college, they get federal aid so that they can try to take and pay their bills, and they flunk out so that we see them on the college institutions. So they're oftentimes prime candidates for addiction. Okay, so how do we attack these negative self-concepts? And this is in your handout. I have Psalms 131. Mankind is God's original creation, was wonderful. Number two, Psalms 103, 13 to 14. God remembers that we are flesh, and he has pity on us. So we were, he, we were known in the womb. We weren't born by accident. God, Each one of us were born on purpose. So were those inmates, and they need to know that. John 3, 16, God's love is eternal and for everybody. Philippians 2, 5, we're supposed to have the man of Christ. Doing good is not enough. You must have the man of Christ. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live, we move and have our being. I'm behind bars. Jesus is still with me. And Matthew 22:39, love thy neighbor as thyself. The reality is we live because he wills it to be, and we must learn to love ourselves. So that even though, going back to what you were saying, brother, light against darkness, God, Romans 13, God, there is no power but the power of God, the powers that be. They are ordained of God. We have a criminal justice system put in place. Why? Because there are evil, wicked people who need to be behind jail. But those same evil people behind those bars have the right to salvation. And that's our job, okay? Uh, the last slide here. You all can have. I got. You all can read the rest. The Beck Institute and the Academy of Cognitive Therapy. If you're interested in getting more information, check out those websites. Thank you, people. Thank you. All right,